What up, what up, you guys? Welcome back to another podcast. So I told you guys that I was going to be um, recording more of these more often. And um, this is my concerted effort to do that for you guys. Um, today, I kind of wanted to address um, a little bit more of a theme, a happier theme than the one that I've had um, in the last podcast. Um, today, I want to talk about just to bring a positive note to 2020 in general. There's been a lot of negative stuff going on, obviously. Um, as I'm recording this, it is um, election time. A lot of negative stuff, but I wanted to bring up a positive note, which is, you know, making progress in 2020. Now, I know that's sort of like um, an oxymoron, I think, for a lot of people uh, these days. They feel like 2020 is a wash, 2020 is a loss. Um, haven't been able to make the kind of progress over the last six to eight months that people really wanted to um, see during 2020. Um, but that actually isn't necessarily true for everybody. Not everybody has, um, I guess, failed to make progress this year. A lot of my clients have made really good progress, um, and I wanted to share with you guys the progress that I have made over this past six to eight months. Um, I shared on my Instagram, if you guys are following me on there, I shared a little bit of a progress photo with you guys. Now, first and foremost, that is kind of big for me as far as my uh, self-confidence is concerned. I, uh, If you notice, I don't have a lot of pictures of myself and my body on my Instagram. That's something I'm still dealing with psychologically with my body, with having been obese um, as a teenager, having lost a lot of weight, having a lot of loose skin around my stomach. You'll notice it in the picture that I posted. You can definitely see the loose skin. Um, and just not being um, 100% confident in the past um, and still dealing with that. I don't think it ever fully goes away, but you tend to uh, try to strive for more acceptance. And that's another podcast that I want to um have, which is just dealing with that whole thing, the whole body acceptance, my whole weight loss journey, the whole uh, concept of working. I work in the fitness industry where people are held to such a high standard as far as what their body looks like. And yet I don't have the perfect body. And how do I deal with that? But uh, that's a whole nother podcast. Uh, for now, I'll say I have been able to um, accept my body more uh, over this year than I have ever before. Um, I've never showed pictures of myself or, um, you know, especially shirtless uh, in the past. And I think me being able to post what I posted the other day is sort of a testament to um, my ability or, or, or where I'm at with my body acceptance and things of that nature. Um, but yeah, I was able to make what I consider pretty decent progress this year. Um, and what I think is a particularly, um, I'm particularly proud of is that I did all of that. I was able to make that kind of progress without going to the gym for six months, actually more than six months, but just for, for ease, we'll just say six months. So basically since April all the way through September, um, and a little bit of October, I didn't go to the gym at all. And part of that was forced, right? We had a lockdown, the gyms were closed. Uh, but even when the gyms opened back up, I didn't go back. Um, 
And the reason for that was just uh, at first, um, I have my mom is older <clears throat> and she has some health issues that make her more susceptible to um, the virus. And so uh, I was just sort of limiting the number of exposures that I would have. And the gym just seemed um, like a bigger exposure that I wasn't willing. I wasn't willing to stop seeing my parents. Um, not, I wasn't willing to stop seeing my mom. If, uh, you know, going to the gym meant that that was going to, if I had to make that decision, that that wasn't worth it for me. So, um, but then I had two and a half months, 10 weeks on the road, um, seeing all those national parks that I had talked to you guys about. And actually, you know, I didn't have a ton of equipment at home when the gyms closed. I had some dumbbells, I had resistance bands, um, I had a pull-up bar, um, just random stuff that I could come up with. I think you guys saw that if you're following me on Instagram. Um, you saw like all the little uh, videos I was trying to shoot to help some people out there who might be struggling as well. But um, when I went on the road trip, I had even less equipment to work with. Um, I didn't have any weights with me. I brought my resistance bands, but all I had was stuff I had around me, stuff I brought with me on the camping trip for camping. And then of course, nature. Um, the only thing I did bring was a set of gymnastics rings. And actually that was really, really, uh, that was a really good decision on my part. Cause without that, I really wouldn't have been able to do much, but the rings really helped a lot cause they allowed me to at least be able to do um, dips and pull-ups and things of that nature. <clears throat> but, um, it just, it got me to realize something, which is that you don't need fancy equipment to make progress. And, you know, even you don't need fancy equipment to, uh, work on your goals. Um, it's makes it easier. Definitely going to the gym makes it easier because you have everything accessible to you. Everything can be progressed. You have all kinds of variables that you can manipulate and change from week to week. You can change the amount of weight on the bar. You can change the exercise because you have so many different pieces of equipment at your disposal. And there's a lot of ways you can, you can, um, progress things when you're in the gym. And so when you're not in the gym, it's, it's just a little bit more challenging because you don't have all of that equipment. You don't have all those options at your disposal, but that doesn't mean that you can't make progress, right? Um, it just means you're going to have to grin and bear it, get down to work, do the boring quote unquote exercises that you don't necessarily like doing as much as the fun, exciting, sexy exercises, but you can still make progress. And, um, you know, I know it's N of one and it's just me, but, um, I guess you could say that my progress is proof of that. Um, what did I do while I was out there? Like I said, I had some gymnastics rings. So I was able to do things like rows, you know, um, using those rings, hanging them from um, a tree or hanging them from the top of my SUV, doing rows. Pull-ups were another one, uh, hanging those rings from, from a tree branch if I could find one and doing pull-ups. Dips, if I could, again, if I could hang them from a tree branch, I could do dips. If not, I had to rely on push-ups. Um, I had to rely on some heavy uh, seven-gallon water jugs that I brought with me on the trip, which obviously was for drinking water. So I didn't always have access to a full seven-gallon jug because we were using them. But um, just making use of those, um, finding 
a really thick piece of wood to loop through the um, handle of the water jug to do bicep curls and tricep work. Um, so it, I really had to just bring it back to bare bones, bring it back to first principles and basics and just do the best with what I had available to me. Um, I don't necessarily get, um, you know, I don't get excited about doing push-ups these days. I don't get, uh, pull-ups are still fun because they're, they're a hard exercise for me. They always have been. So I'm constantly trying to get better at those. But doing, you know, ring rows or TRX rows, whatever you want to call them, not necessarily the most exciting thing compared to like, barbell rows and uh, heavy single arm dumbbell rows, um, deadlifts, um, you know, all of that stuff, lat pull downs, which make it a little bit more fun if you suck at pull ups like I do, um, you know, bench press for instead of doing dips and push ups, you know, I'd rather do bench press and rather do dumbbell press. I'd rather do tricep skull crushers. I'd rather do, and, and not that I don't like dips, I do, but you get a little bit tired of them, you want a little bit of variety. But for those 10 weeks and actually beyond, I just had to bite the bullet and do those exercises time and time again, over and over again, so that I could make progress. And for the lower body, I had absolutely no dumbbells or barbells. I had my resistance bands, but you guys know that, you know, it's not that hard at the bottom of the exercise when you're using uh, resistance bands. So it makes things like um, squats and um, deadlifts kind of a little bit awkward to try to load up. So what did I do instead? Um, I used those water jugs kind of for a very modified like trap bar deadlift or dumbbell deadlift, but they're pretty high off the ground. So they weren't super challenging. So what I had to do instead was just do more reps and also do more in a circuit fashion. So that way I was challenged. I wasn't necessarily challenging my movement pattern from a muscular failure standpoint, but I was challenging my cardiovascular system, my muscular endurance system and my recovery capability in between sets. And um, you can make, something that kind of feels easy um, in a straight sets sort of scenario seem a lot harder depending on how you program um, the whole workout. And so that's what I had to do. Um, Cossack squats or lunges using the water jugs or, you know, even making use of holding on to like our, um, our, uh, why am I blanking on this word? Our suitcase. <laughs> Sorry about that our suitcase, holding that overhead and doing squats. Um, it's all about doing the best with what you have available. And uh, ultimately, you have to do the work, right? Um, discipline. The, the, ultimately, you need the discipline, you need the consistency, because it's not going to do it for itself. Uh, yeah, you can make an excuse, you can get down and say, man, I, I don't have access to the gym, and I can't do this. And I'm not, don't like doing push-ups, but you know what? If, knowing very well that it's temporary, if you really want it bad enough, then it doesn't matter if you can't do bench press. It doesn't matter if you can't do deadlifts. It doesn't matter if you can't do back squats. It doesn't matter if you can't do barbell rows and you have to substitute each one of those things with less exciting exercises. If your goal is truly to improve, if your goal is truly to uh, reach goals and attain the next level with your physique or your performance, you're going to make it happen.
and that's ultimately the the hard truth, the bitter truth that a lot of people these days are having a hard time swallowing. Um, and that's part of my job as a coach to relay that message to my clients and keep them accountable in a way that isn't um, me being an asshole about it, right? Um, but in a way that is encouraging to them and allows them to feel confident and autonomous. Um, that's the wrong word. Um, allows them to feel confident in themselves that they are, you know, capable of making progress despite the poor conditions, right? So that's um, that's sort of how that went about. How, and with my clients, you know, I had to be just as creative as I was with my own training. Honestly, there were some clients who had even less equipment than I did, and there were some clients who had more. I have clients who have home gyms. I had clients who had at least those nice adjustable dumbbells that go up to 50 or 90 pounds, depending on which set you have. Some people had kettlebells. Some people even had just like a barbell with a few random weight plates. But again, the gym makes it much easier for you to make progress. I'm not discounting that. It does. And it also allows you to um, have a lot more control and a lot more options at your disposal when it comes to your training program and your and, and the way you work out. But you don't need to have the gym. You don't need to have access to the gym. And you don't even really need that much equipment at home to make progress. Um, so the other thing that's happened with me this year that has contributed a little bit towards my uh, progress is um, changing the way that I have uh, handled my nutrition. I used to be really strict uh, counting macros, weighing everything out, being very rigid in the way I handled my nutrition. And part of that, I think, was fear. I was afraid that if I wasn't that rigid and I wasn't that strict at counting macros, that I would uh, gain a lot of weight back. It's something that I had struggled with early on in my, um, for lack of a better word, my journey, my fitness journey, um, an inability to regulate my weight very well. So I just figured I'm not able to do it unless I am rigid and strict in the way that I count my macros and count uh, my food. But I was out on the road for 10 weeks and it's just not possible to count macros when you are camping and weighing it. You can't, I mean, it's, it's just, is it possible? Yes. Is it too much of a pain and too much stress to weigh everything out when you're out there to, you know, make sure that it's just not worth it to be super strict. So I had to adopt a much more relaxed style of um, keeping myself accountable with nutrition. I had to rely a lot more on hunger signals. I had to rely a lot more on just common sense um, approaches to the way I eat. And even though I thought that that was going to mean that I would gain weight, I haven't actually. I've lost weight. I've actually. I'm actually leaner. Part of that. I'm not going to discount the fact that part of that is from hiking three, four, five times a week when I was out in the national parks. My activities certainly went up, uh, but that doesn't mean that my that doesn't mean that that alone discounts the fact that I have been able to keep my appetite under control and keep my portions under control so that I didn't gain weight. 
In fact, you would expect somebody to lose weight when they increase their activity like that. And so now it's about, now the jury's still out. I'll admit that. I still have to see if I can exist in quote unquote normal life, not camping life. So normal life um, being at your house with a lot more temptation and things of that nature. If this new strategy that I've adopted is uh, going to be just as effective and successful for me in this different environment. I think it will be though. And this new strategy is actually uh, the reason I adopted it also was it is the basis for these new, a new product that I've developed that I'm going to be releasing sometime in the next few months, which is what I'm calling nutrition programs. So obviously there is nutrition coaching uh, where I set your macros, I talk to you week to week, I give you um, your, your nutrition advice, I make, help you make decisions on uh, food choices and things of that nature. Not everybody can afford that. Unfortunately, not everybody, not everybody can afford that. So I developed a product that I'm calling nutrition programs, which are these uh, basically meal charts that are modified and customized to you based on your individual body, individual stats, height, weight, so on and so forth, that automatically calculates through its calculations how many calories is your maintenance calories and then um, based on not just your resting energy expenditure, but also taking into account how active you are. And it is also modified to better serve those of us who are pretty active athletic populations that have more muscle mass compared to traditional populations. Um, and so the basis of these programs is basically rather than being super rigid with counting every single little tiny macro, counting every single little tiny morsel of food and weighing it out to the milligram even, instead it takes some of the pressure off and it helps you go back to basics. Again, first principles of here is, you know, the first principle of keeping yourself accountable with portion control, keeping yourself accountable with some intuition on how you're feeling. Um, for example, you know, there's times where I will, I had felt that, you know, after a day where I, maybe I ate a lot more, I would either guilt myself into eating less the next day or I would feel pressure to continue eating what my quote-unquote maintenance calories were the next day, even if I didn't feel hungry. And so I'm listening to your body a little bit more about that kind of stuff. But what these, these, these nutrition programs do, diet programs, is they allow you to rely more on your common sense, rely you to allow, rely, allow you to rely more on your portion control, your estimating, and they allow you to make really simple choices about your food without having to be super rigid. Yes, you're going to weigh some stuff out. There's going to be a version of them that is completely portion control based as not having to weigh out and, and have specific grams of everything. But for those who are more an athletic population, those of us who have some physique goals that are more than just lose weight, but we actually want to like build a specific amount of muscle and lose a specific amount of fat, then it will ask you to get a little bit more, um, get a little bit um, more specific with how you count. 
but it's a step back from that rigid, flexible dieting, counting macros to the gram. And, uh, but it's not quite also like intuitive eating, if that makes sense. Because intuitive eating is more like we don't count anything. I just go based off of feel. I just go based off of complete portion control. It's somewhere in the middle. It's a hybrid of those two. And it makes nutrition a lot more simple. And that's what I've been using. That's the methodology I've been using the last several months. And so far, so good. I'm really happy about it. I'm really excited about the um, about the product itself. And I think you guys are going to like it a lot as well. Um, so ultimately, though, guys, what the, what the name of this game comes down to, and if I could give you some advice as to how, you know, everybody always asks, for advice on, on how to make progress and, and tips and tricks. Tips and tricks don't mean anything and are not going to do anything for you if you don't first have the systems in place and the discipline in place to remain consistent and do the hard work. You can't get something for nothing. You have to put the time, you have to put the energy, you have to put the work into whatever it is that you're trying to get better at in life. If that's your physique, if that's your your um, your performance in the gym, guess what? You don't get better unless you go to the gym. You don't get better unless you do the workouts. You don't get a better physique unless you're very dedicated with the way you eat and you're very dedicated with the way you work out. And everybody has a different level of error that they can afford to have in those things to still make progress. We all know those people who can basically eat whatever they want, work out kind of, you know, not super consistently and still they look great. And those people are lucky in that respect. They have some genetics working in their favor and maybe they've inherited better systems for self-regulating their appetite and perhaps they're genetically more predisposed to building muscle and adapting to challenges a little bit better and more quickly. And then there's some people who are not quite at that level, need to be a little more consistent, you know, 80% say consistent with, with what they do. Usually 80% is a really good number to aim for, 80% consistent with your nutrition, with tracking, with making sure that you're hitting your calories and your, your macros, uh, if you count macros. Um, 80% consistent with getting to the gym and completing at least 80% of the workouts in a fashion that is, you know, done with vigor and with, um, good intent. Those people are, that's the majority of us. You, you have, I mean, that takes a lot of work in and of itself. 80% is a lot of work. And then there are some people who, for whatever reason, they're more in need of that 90% and higher where they really need to be on top of things all the time they really need to to um make sure they're hitting the gym all almost all of their workouts they really need to allow themselves less indulgences when it comes to their diet and why those why why there's such a spectrum where you get some people who can be 50% or 60% versus some people who need to be 90 plus percent i can't answer that for you and if you're one of those people who are in the 90% camp um you know, unfortunately, there's no magic fix that I can give you that's going to allow you to be one of those 50% people or even one of those 80% people 
you probably can get to the 80% um, if it's a matter of some sort of habits or things like that, that um, you were uh, unconsciously doing, you're not aware of. But I can make it easy for you to feel like that 90% isn't breaking your back all the time. That makes sense. There are ways to make things easier, ways to program things, uh, ways to rely on, on people around you or your coach to make it feel like that 90% effort really isn't as hard as 90% has felt in the past. And so in that way, it kind of brings that 90% down to feeling like it's just 80%. So there are tips and tricks to that. Um, those are perhaps um, for another podcast because I don't want to make this one too long. But uh, that is the, that is the uh, value in hiring a coach. That is the value in keeping yourself accountable to somebody else, especially if you know that you're somebody who struggles with that. You know, we, I get it. It's hard to bring yourself to spend money on that kind of stuff. It's, it's hard for some people to, to bring themselves to spend money on themselves and their self-development. Uh, everybody these days is a Google expert on fitness and nutrition. Um, and so sometimes it's hard for you to swallow your pride and, and, and admit that you don't have all the knowledge. Um, but, you know, people pay you to do the job that you're good at, right? People pay you to, people have hired you, companies have hired you to do the job that you have because you have expertise in that and you're best suited for that job. They wouldn't have, they wouldn't just hire some guy who uh, had no experience whatsoever uh, to do it. Um, and, and the same is true when you're trying to hire a coach or if you're thinking about getting help with a coach. Um, yes, you can do all the research yourself. Yes, you can do it yourself and and without anybody's help. But it is a lot easier when you have somebody in your on your side who knows what they're doing, has the experience of how to make it easier for you, and is there to hold you accountable uh, when the time is right. So that's sort of my message here is overall message. What am I trying to say? 2020 has been a hard year. 2020 could have been a wash thus far, uh, but what can we learn from it? What I'm trying to tell you is hard times are going to be there in the future as well. And we can't just relegate ourselves to the fact that when the hard times come, throw our hands up in the air and say, oh, well, I guess I'm not going to make any more gains this year either, right? There's a, you know, other, there's a lot of countries that are thinking of a second lockdown right now. Um, if, you're, if you're in one of those countries, don't freak out. Take it from me. You can still make progress. If you're in the United States and you're looking at you know, how things are going to shape up over the next couple of months, is there going to be another lockdown in your state or countrywide lockdown? It'll guess maybe take my story of what happened to me this year, all the things that I've gone through. I went through the same thing with um, not having access to the gym. I went through the same thing of feeling disheartened that I couldn't go to the gym and feeling a little bit depressed about that. Um, I went on this road trip that meant that I had even less equipment to work with and even less time to get my, my resistance training in. I lost my 
grandpa, my wife's my wife's grandpa, which to me was my grandpa as well. And then three weeks ago, I lost my dad. And so a lot of really hard things have happened to me this year. But at the end of the day, it's on me to make sure that I am still putting in the work to get better. And ultimately, it's on you to make sure you're putting in the work to get better. And how did I do it? Well, fortunately, I just happened to have gone to school and gotten a master's degree in exercise science. I have happened to have studied sports psychology. I have happened to have an expertise in nutrition through my degrees as well. And so I was able to be my own coach through that and know what the right thing was to do and how to scale back different things and regress and progress and all of those sorts of things. For you, you may not have that knowledge. So you may have to hire somebody to help you with that. And if that is impossible for you, there are still other resources that you can go to, whether it be the new, the, the new diet programs that I'm going to be putting, putting out, whether it be the workout programs that I'm going to be uh, updating and, and that are already available on my website. If it's coaching, you know, that's, in my opinion, the best way to go, but not everybody can afford it. And if you can, invest in yourself because ultimately your health and your well-being is something that you can control and something that you can come out of these hard times better for rather than letting it be uh, lost and a liability. All right, guys, so that is my podcast for today. Um, I'm hoping to do these once a week, these little pop-ins, and I'm still going to be interviewing people. I haven't put out, I do have some, some podcasts that I have recorded that, that are with some guests. I just haven't put them out. It didn't feel like the right time for me to put them out yet with all that's been going on in my life. I wanted to share a little bit more about my life and a little bit more about tips and tricks that I've learned this year myself, still learning. This is year 11 for me as far as being involved in, in my personal fitness journey and also now four or five years as a professional. And I'm still learning. And so I just uh, and I want to share that with you guys. And that, so that's the purpose of these uh, solo podcasts. So thanks so much for listening, you guys. You guys are the best. Um, keep hitting me with those questions that you've been sending me um, through email and through Instagram direct, direct messages. Uh, I really Those questions help me to come up with ideas for what I can talk about on here and for videos that I can post on my Instagram to help you guys. So uh, keep sending those my way. Um, hit me up on Instagram. Hit me up through email if you are in need of help with your fitness. Um, and uh, as always, have a great day, and I'll catch you guys next time.